everyone. Welcome back to an all new episode of the 20% podcast, the podcast that brings you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you can implement in your current job today. Today's guest is Alex B. Sheridan. Alex is a social media marketing brand builder and does it through creative video content. Alex quit his six-figure job six months into creating his own content marketing agency called Impacts, where he currently helps customers bring their brand and story to life through video content. This was such a genuine conversation, and we talked about the importance of sacrificing certain things to achieve your goals, seeing the opportunity over the risk that are associated with it, outlearning others, how to build your brand and how it's everything you do, unleashing your creative, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with Alex B. Sheridan. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. Happy to be here, brother. Thank you. I wish, I wish we would have hit record a couple minutes ago because we, we just had a, a nice conversation, dicing it up a little bit here and there, learning about Alex and his business and kind of how he got to where he is today. But Alex, super excited to have you, man. Pumped to be here, man. Appreciate it. So I want to start early on here. As, as most people know with the podcast, I try to start early in discussing where you started from and bring it up to where you are today. So you studied communications and media studies. Why did you want to go study that in school? Like, what was some of the story behind that? There's, there's really no why behind that. I just knew that I didn't want to be a scientist. I wasn't going to be a doctor, a mathematician, a teacher. And so I figured, well, what am I pretty good at? I had done some, some sales, you know, I was starting to do sales at the Sears that I was working at in college, worked there full time while I was uh, going to school. And I love the communication aspect. I love talking to people. I love, you know, interacting. I love building relationships influence. And so I figured, well, communications is probably good for me. I think it fits my strong suits and my personality. And it's not, I was never a textbook, like, you know, technical guy in high school. Um, and so I knew that I, I wasn't interested in like hardcore, like learning these in-depth principles. And so just, I just not who I am, right. I'd rather be talking to people and engaging and that kind of stuff. And creativity obviously was a big, always been a big part of me. And so um, that's, that's why I picked it, but I, I had no clue what I wanted to really do with it in terms of long-term. I mean, I, I thought become a, you know, CEO of a company one day, lead people, leadership. That's what I had in terms of my vision when I was going through college, but I didn't know what that, I knew business, but I didn't know what it would look like. Wow. That is so cool. And, and how did you start moving to like figure out things that you like to do? Obviously you have those big goals and those ambitions that you're looking at way down the road, or at least you thought at the time, maybe way down, down the road, right? How do you focus on trying to get to some of those goals, just goals in general, not even talking specifics if you don't want to, but what does your goal process look like? You know, I'm one of those people, man, I don't, I don't, I don't write down like specific, I'm not a good, like writing down person of my goals. I I'm more of a vision type person. Like I'm like, where do I want to, where do I see this going? What, what is the impact that I see this making on my audience, my community, the world? And so um, I do write down my goals, but I'm not like the person that's going to come in every day and like write down my goal for, you know, I, I have a whiteboard and stuff where I'll write things down, but I'm not huge into, uh, I know there's a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneur space where it's like, write down your goals every single day. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it works for a lot of people. For me, it's just not something I've ever, would that change? Maybe, but it's not something I've ever been huge on. I just say, all right, what do I want to, what do I want to accomplish and what is that and why, right? I think that's important to establish the purpose and the why, and is it really what you want? And once I get clear on that, then I'm like, all right, cool. What's the strategy that I'm going to need? And what are the skills that I'm going to need to be able to have uh, to be able to go out there and execute on that strategy? And then I think about my calendar and how I spend my time. I think about discipline. I think about, all right, well, I know what I want and why I want it. 
I know the strategic approach and I know the kind of the skill set that I need, or if I need to pull in resources or hire or something like that. And then I think about where do I need to spend my time? Because that's ultra, ultra important. It's just, if you're looking at your calendar, your week, your day, your month, where am I spending my time? And is it in the right places with the right people that are moving the goal forward or the business forward in a lot of cases? And so that's really how I think about it. And then it just comes to daily discipline. It comes down to, you know, you want to do this, but you need to do this, you know? And so making the decision sometimes to do what you need to do versus just what you want to do. Um, It's like, you know, when I was in sales, it was like making the cold call, making 50, 60 cold calls the next hour or two versus, you know, talking to a friend or talking to some, you know, or going to do some other strategy task that maybe wasn't needed in that moment, but it was easier. So choosing to do some of the harder things, the more challenging things first and get them out of the way. But that's how I think about it from a process standpoint. That is incredible. And you reminded me, I literally was just listening to a podcast the other day of uh, there's a line that said, sacrifice what you want to want to do now for what you want most. And it sounds like you really yeah. kind of hone in on that too. And it's so that's it, interesting. Man. That's it, man. And I think about when I started this, I know we'll get to the business stuff, but when I started this business, I mean, it was, you know, six to 12 months of just ridiculous work ethic and, and so much sacrifice in terms of personal life, which I didn't mind because I love doing it, but it set me up, you know, six months of sacrifice or 12 months of sacrifice can set you up for your entire life. If you do it right. Not, not meaning that you're just set, you can walk away, but meaning that you've got a brand, you've got a business that can grow and scale. And so, yeah, sacrifice is part of the game, but it's also enjoying uh, that journey along the way. If you're sacrificing every day and that's all you're doing and you're miserable doing it, I don't think that's quite the way to live either. Wow. This, this, I'm already so pumped. I, I hope that everybody else got <laughs> chills at the same moment as that, because it, it really makes you focus on like, wow, what if I just started doing the things that I want to do and be really strategic about it? And, and like to Alex's point, we're going to talk about your business too, because you're blowing up right now all over LinkedIn and, you know, it's in a lot of mutual connections. So it, I'm super pumped to talk about that. But talking about the goals really quick, going back, literally your answer, uh, maybe I have to do them side by side. You and Rich Cardona, literally, I don't know what it is about the media world or the creative or whatever the case is. You guys have the same exact outlook on how you do, do um, look at your goals. He focuses more on just the, ha- the habits of doing, doing the discipline. You said discipline before. Discipline and, and the habits of doing what you want to do, having that focus on where you want to go at some point, but not you know, you're not sitting there doing the daily affirmations or, or seeing your goal every single day, you know what you have to do, you set the framework and you just go after it. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Right, man. So that is so cool. So okay, so take me back now. So you graduate from college communications and media studies. And then you go right to Aerotech? Or what did that journey look like as you continue ramping forward? No, I had a couple jobs before Aerotech. Now, when I graduated college, it was 2011. So the, we were coming off kind of that, you know, the great recession. And so the economy just, it wasn't like it wasn't 2008, 2009, 2010, but it wasn't nearly what it is now or what it was in 2014, 2018. So, you know, it took me, I got out of college and it took me a couple months to find a job. I found a job working for a large, uh, a large corporate company, a different company doing collections, customer service. And I was on the phones a lot, which was in my element because I was in sales when I was at, you know, at school. And so I was used to talking to clients and transactions and communications and stuff. But I did. I had a couple other jobs, and then found my way to uh, Aerotech through a referral. And um, I thought, you know, for a while, I thought I'd spend probably the rest of my career there. I was like, you know, I'm going to move up to executive leadership and VP roles and CEO one day. And 
you know, and then I finally got to a place where I was like, you know, even if I became CEO of the company one day, I still think that wouldn't, I still feel like I, there was something else I was supposed to do. And that was a moment where I started thinking, this isn't going to be for me long-term because it just can't be. And I'm not, not, I, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with somebody that wants to climb the corporate ladder or move up in positions. I think there's so many opportunities that are just amazing. And it was a great company too. The opportunity would have been there to, for me to keep moving up. But for me personally, again, that's why we start with the purpose and the why. I knew that there was a message that I had to deliver to the world that was bigger than where I was at. There was more, I had more potential inside of me. I had more creativity that I hadn't even unleashed yet. I knew that I was capable. I knew that I wanted a bigger challenge. I knew that I wanted to create and build something from scratch. And so there were little signs along the way as I'm going through this journey that, hey man, you know, little things that would pop up, I would do, whether it was, I would create my own trainings. I wrote my own book. I would, you know, just do the, I would create videos years and years back on YouTube. And there was things that I was doing that were signals. If I was looking at them now, the Alex Sheridan I am today, I would say that guy's probably going to be an entrepreneur one day. He's just, he's got little itches that he's trying to scratch, right. but I didn't have the courage at that point, or even the know-how to say, all right, I'm diving in. Let's go. Wasn't quite right. there yet. Right. So let's dive into some of those things because there, there may be some people out there who are maybe in the same position as you is like, hey, I'm a creative person, but I don't know what I want to do. I'm working this corporate job right now and it's great. I'm getting the bills paid, but I feel like I have this bigger purpose. Like, how do you unleash some of that creativity and how do you, what are some of those signs when you're looking back of like, maybe I should have taken those signs or I wish I would have known or what, you know what I mean? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely, I mean, a lot of it does come up down to self-awareness. And I know that's kind of a hard, it's like, how do you teach someone self-awareness? It's kind of tricky, but you can get feedback and things like that and really reflect, but you have to really know yourself. I mean, luckily nowadays we live in a world where, you know, there are so many companies where you kind of have that entrepreneur kind of feel where, man, you can be as creative as you want to be. You can, you know, take control. You can be a leader. You know, you can impact other. You, you can do so many, you can kind of be that entrepreneur within the company without right. all the craziness that comes with being, you know, a business owner. So I think you really have to sit back and because entrepreneurship is made to be really cool, you know, nowadays. And I love it. I, I absolutely love it. It's for me. It's always been for me since I think I was born. I was just destined for it, but it's not the case for a lot of people. I mean, you have to have certain, I think, uh, personality traits or characteristics that where it's like, you're, you know, you're okay with taking risk. You're not, uh, you've got thick skin, you're not easily wobbled, you know, like there's just certain things that you have to have that make you a better entrepreneur. Maybe you don't have to have, but I think make you a better entrepreneur that sort of you're wired a certain way where I, like, for example, my parents, if they were in my position and they've said this to me many times, they're like, oh man, don't you worry about this? Or what if it doesn't go through? Or Alex, what if the business idea doesn't work? And I'm just like, I understand where you guys are coming from because they've, they've lived uh, a different life than I have and they've done great but it's not, they're very risk adverse and it's just how they're wired. They don't want to, they could do stuff now to take chances and they don't. Or me, I'm like, I want to take calculated risk. I want to be bold. I'm going to try new things. I'm not scared to fail, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think narrowing it down to think about what do I want out of life? You know, who am I as a person? What do I want my life to look like? Do am I, does working, you know, eight to four, the next five years, is that really important to me? If that's so, maybe the, the career path, you could really make an amazing thing out of that. Um, but you could do the same thing in entrepreneurship. Once you put in enough hours, you can create the kind of lifestyle you want. So again, there's trade-offs and things like that. But I think 
you just got to kind of think about what do you want out of life and your career and then start to test and try. That's where you, you may dabble in something. If you think, hey, I've got these creative tendencies, maybe you start with just a side hustle. So you're not throwing away your whole career and your, you know, your whole trajectory, but you're just saying, I got these itches that I'm trying to scratch and I think I'm creative and I'm like doing all these different things that are kind of entrepreneurial. Let me just, let me just get my feet wet here. Let me get a product or a service, something simple or a coaching pro, whatever it might be. And let me just bring this to the market and see what it's like. That's what I did. And then I started to realize, you know, it's hard, obviously it's not easy, but I started to realize, man, I love this. Like this, I knew right away. I was like, this is it. I don't have it figured out yet. And I suck at this right now, but I'm going to figure this out. And I just, I just loved every, I loved every second of it. Even when I wasn't making any money, I enjoyed it. And that is key, right? I mean, you're going to be able to, um, besides just pi, pi, uh, pulling into your why and why you're doing those things specifically, doing something that you love makes it not work, right? I know that that's a little bit cliche, but like if it's, if it's going to be the difference between you editing videos or making video content or being creative versus going to do those math equations that you said you didn't like before, like you're going to be way more passionate about right. what you want to do. So this is a lesson for everybody of just self-reflection. I mean, how do you, Alex, let's ask you, how do you go ahead and, and decide what you want to do? Is it, do you have a self-reflection process or like, how do you figure things out like that? No, I mean, for me, it's like, it's very much intuition. Like I, I do, I, I reflect, I think through what my options are. Again, I think through the purpose, the why I think about my, what I want out of my life, career, personal, professional, but then for me, it's not really a, a methodology or a step-by-step -step process. I just think about what's, what feels right right now, you know? And I think there's some honesty that has to come with that, um, or, you know, again, you just have to be real with yourself and not, right. and not kid yourself. Cause I think, you know, what happens a lot of times is that, and, and you know, this Tyler, like people will start businesses and, and become an entrepreneur, but then they're working, you know, 80 hours a week. They have no freedom. They're week to week. They're not sure what they're going to make in terms of revenue. And so if, and I think in the beginning, that's kind of how everyone starts to a lot of degrees, just, you know, you're figuring stuff out, but eventually if you're a good entrepreneur and a good business owner, you figure out how to diversify, how to create multiple revenue streams, how to um, make sure it's not a ebbs and flows every single month. You've got kind of, you know, some you're covered in terms of it's not so inconsistent. And certainly there's ebbs and flows in business in general. But um, my point is that if you are really good at it and you build the skills and the know-how, entrepreneurship can be fantastic because yeah, you may, you may put in a lot of work the first couple of years or whatever it might be, but you can get to a place soon after that. And the timetables are different depending on what you do and who you are and when you started, of course, but you can get to a place where you can create businesses and they can scale and they can kind of run. And so you now have time. I mean, if you look at anybody that's wealthy and then been in business for a long time, they got multiple revenue streams and their, their money's making money while they're sleeping. And so done right, yes, it could provide a lot of flexibility. But if not done right, you could spend three or four or five years stretching yourself thin, burning yourself out, and then saying, man, I don't even know if this is for me. So I think there's a certain level of just challenge and, and craziness that's going to come with it, regardless if it's for you or not. It's just the, the right. price you got to pay. And I think even when you start a new job, there's, there's challenges in the beginning, even if you're working for someone like you just, you got to do, you're going to face failures and mistakes and losses, and you just got to take it and keep going. But I think you really got to think about long-term. Is it, is it, does it seem to be the right path for you or not? Because if it's something, again, if it's, if you're doing it out of, to just, because it sounds cool, or you want to make a ton of money, it's, it's probably going to be a tougher road than if you're like, man, I'm in it for, I love this. I'm in it for the impact. If I went a month without making money, 
um, which I've never done, but I think, you know, there's probably a lot of people that have, but if you went a certain stretch without making money, you're okay with that. You believe in it. You're still having fun. It's not making you crazy stress, you know, stressed out. And so those are the things that I would consider. Yeah. Wow. That is so incredible. Now, do you think that you're, um, well, I guess first, I mean, from a risk tolerance perspective, if you had to do a scale of one to 10, what, where would you say you were of 10 being like, let's sell my house and go do everything. Or one is like, hey, I'm, pr- I'm pretty hesitant. Dude, I'm, I'm probably nine. I mean, I'm up there. Like I, I don't care. I mean, and here's, and it's not a, um, I, I don't say it to say that I'm just like wild and crazy. They're calculated risk, but I'm willing to put my, I mean, dude, I quit a six figure corporate job that I've been at for six years with benefits. I have two daughters, you know, I quit that after six months of being in business and I didn't even know marketing. I was brand new. I, who knows if this would have worked or not? I could have just had a couple of good months in a row <laughs> and like, and then it fizzled out and I'd be done. Right. So, I mean, I uprooted everything. I quit that job and I didn't hesitate, dude. I wasn't like, I'm telling you, Tyler, like when I was, I talked to my parents and they're like, are, what are you, are you sure? Like, this is a good job. Why would you ever leave that? My family thought I was crazy. You know, like, yeah, it's risky. You know, I just did, dude. I just didn't even hesitate. I mean, the day of, I was like nervous because I was putting in my two weeks and stuff, you know, right. but I never, I never was like going back and forth of like, is this going to work or not? Or should I really do this or not? I was making money. Obviously I was doing well. The brand was building the content. All that stuff was good. And I just had the attitude of like, I'm either going to make this work or I die. Like that was my mindset. There was no like, and I think that's, that's part of kind of the entrepreneurial spirit is like, you're just going to find a way. You're just going to figure this out. I don't care if I got to, like, if I've done it for six months, I can figure out how to do it another six months and I'll get better. I'll learn new skills. I'll become a better business owner, entrepreneur. I'll, I'll find more creative ways to serve my clients. And sure enough, that happened. I built another business out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you don't have to be a nine and that might be a little extreme. Maybe you're a seven or eight, but I think you do have to have a certain level of risk adverse because, it just takes you putting yourself out there and, you know, every situation is different. You may have a few hundred thousand dollars in the bank that maybe you can say, well, I can spend a year and not make any money and still oh, be fine. Completely different, have- right. Right. But for me, it was like, I wasn't, you know, I was just going through a divorce and uh, I was making, you know, low six figures, but you know, you split that between a family and divorce, it just doesn't go super far. Right. And I'm now two expenses. And so it wasn't like I was sitting on all this money. I had to make money right away. I mean, and I wasn't my side, the side hustle, but I had to make sure that continued on. Um, otherwise I wouldn't be able to, to live and provide for my girls. Right. So I thought about them. I thought about the responsibility, but I was, I was ready for the risk. Like I saw it as an opportunity, not so much risk. Wow. That, that is incredible. I know that I'm definitely not at a nine from a risk tolerance <laughs> perspective, but, but this is, this is such a great lesson for everybody. I mean, obviously you could hear that that Alex is super passionate about what he's doing. And that caused him to say, you know what, I'm, I'm doubling down on myself and I trust myself and we're going to make this happen. It, uh, you know, you mentioned your kids. I'm sure that they're, I know they're, my family is my number one why. So I'm sure that they also play into that for you and you're shaking your head for those listening. Um, so it, it's really easy. I don't want to say it's really easy, but when you have such a uh, entangled to your why, it really makes things like I, I tell people all the time, I, I would not be nearly as successful as I, I have, or at least achieve the success that I have so far if I wasn't so attached to the why. Um, so it's cool to hear that that's, I've heard that a couple of times over and over again um, from you. So, um, so that's super interesting, but so you, so timeout, you mentioned that you start, you left your, you left Aerotech after six months of just having this, but you didn't even have any marketing experience. How do you no. start 
how do you start a marketing, a social media, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you do a lot of like the social media marketing. How, do you, how the hell do you start yeah. a social media marketing when you know, don't right? have a background in it and you're leaving your six-figure job I know. to do this? Who the hell right. does this? Explain. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And, that's, and it sounds crazy, right? Even to myself. And that's why I said the risk of versus nine, because when you look at the situation, it's not like I was like in, I was leaving to go, I was a sales leader or a sales trainer for a company. And then I left to go become a sales trainer on my own. Right. I left, I was doing a completely different job. And basically long story short, I started posting on LinkedIn. I was going to do sales consulting because that's what I was. I was in a sales role. I was pretty good at sales, B2B sales. You know, they put me in a territory that was underdeveloped and I build it up, you know? Yep. And so I was going to teach companies how to uh, grow their business and create sales processes and trainings and that kind of stuff for small and medium-sized companies that didn't have that. I hopped on LinkedIn in late 2019 and everything changed. I started creating video content. I started unleashing my creative and it would make these creative skit storytelling kind of videos. And I noticed that people were coming to me. I was gaining attention and I said, man, there's something to this whole video content creation, social selling. I think LinkedIn's going to be big over the next couple of years. And I think- Following everyone- that intuition again, right? Yeah, exactly. I just felt like, man, I think LinkedIn's going to be big. I think, I think video marketing in general and knowing how to social sell and how to sell, uh, not just in person, but over video and Zoom. And I just, I felt like that was going to be big. Now, little did I know four or five months later, COVID happened. And so like what I thought was happening, it just expedited everything. But then I, yeah, then I won my first client in, uh, February, 2020. And then six months later was putting in my notice. But, um, I, I just learned, I mean, dude, I, I'm, I have a crazy obsessive personality and I think probably most entrepreneurs do. Like we get into something and we're obsessed, you know, we don't, we just eat it, live it, breathe it, you know, sleep it. And so once I got on the LinkedIn, I just wanted to learn every single thing I possibly could about it. I spent all the time on there as much as I could. I created all types of different videos. I learned editing myself to a certain degree. And then I obviously outsourced uh, now built now we're building our own team, but um, I just got absolutely obsessed with it. And I said, I'm going to learn every single thing I need to do. And then I'm going to take that. I'm going to win clients and then teach them how to win clients just like I did. So in the beginning, obviously it was, you know, I was taking clients on for very little because I was just trying to build case studies. Right. So someone paid me a couple hundred bucks and I would do some good work for them. And then they would give me a testimonial and then I would take that and build programs or or blue or, uh, you know, uh, boot camps and things like that out of it, you know, and then after a while you have so many testimonials that it's like, all right, well, this, this guy's pretty proven now, but you know, I think, you can learn most things if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to really dive in and, and say, I am dedicated to becoming all time great at this. And I think you, people would be surprised what they can learn in just a few months, but it takes, it does take an obsessive level of uh, concentration and devotion to that, that thing. Um, and that's what I think I, na- I naturally had that addictive type personality which could be a bad thing in certain areas. And certainly right. it was when well, I was you harnessed school, it for, for good, but right. I harnessed it for a good thing. And so I was like, I'm just going to outlearn how, you know, create more video. Like I was just going to do things that I don't think people were willing to do. I didn't care what it took. I was like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to be successful and learn and then be able to channel that to my clients. And so that's what I did. Wow. That is so incredible. There's, there's so many different think, areas that jump in there. And here's I what's think- really crazy too. I've never read one book on marketing. I've never read one book on social media. I've never read one book on branding, but yet I feel, and I've helped people in these areas just tremendously and they've gotten big time results and ROI. And so 
I, I do feel as though I'm, you know, I'm always learning every day, but I feel very qualified and an expert in this area, but I learn differently than some other people, right? I learned by like the diving in and that kind of stuff. And could I have read more and done more? Yeah, probably for sure. That's probably a weakness of mine, but, but I never consumed stuff. I was always just diving in and learning from what I saw and the actions that I took and the mistakes I made. Right. And who cares whether, how you're obtaining that information, as long as you're doing it and you're getting the results, honestly, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't matter in my opinion, what you're doing, you're getting the results that you need. You could replicate it. It's you're not being a shyster. You're not doing it in any unethical ways. So the way that you do it, nobody, nobody really cares. Right. So, so I'm super curious now for somebody who's maybe just starting off. I mean, and, and I'm probably just like a year into maybe my, um, personal branding and video focus, I guess, what kind of tips do you have for someone like myself, or maybe even earlier on to just getting used to getting on video, creating the types of different content and and to, to add a little bit more context to this before we started recording, Alex asked me, Hey, just out of curiosity, do you remember any of like, number one, how did you learn about me? Just because he's super curious and and you could tell, like, I want to get better and learn what people are actually listening to. Right. But the other, the other question that was super interesting for both of us, I think was what was the last, do you remember any kind of written post that I did? And I I said, no, I didn't. Alex is the video guy. I saw him talking to himself. So that's another good (laughs) thing too, Alex, right? If nobody wants to talk to you, you can talk to yourself and and you have proven videos on like this. I'm never lonely. You have to go, uh, <laughs> everybody there has to go check out um, Alex's videos too. And, and obviously I'll link to all that in the show notes, but back to the original question of you, you not knowing, you know, I, I never saw you for, for just your, your regular written post. So how do people learn about video? Like what are, what are some of your basic 101? If you were teaching a, a college 101 class on just video alone or personal brand, what would that look like? Well, there's so many things, man. I mean, cause there's a certain angle where it's like, there's the fear of, somebody getting on camera, right? You're scared to get on camera. You press record. It's like, Oh my, it's, it's petrifying for some people. I mean, I've, I talked to, you know, business owners, seven figure business, eight figure business owners. And they're like, man, I don't want to get on camera. Cause I look weird when I talk, you know? And I'm like, but you're this successful business owner. Like I would think that you'd be and they're great communicators too. Right. So I think we get in our head a lot. And I think to be honest, you know, I think the younger generations are used to now kind of being on video. It's kind of, but you know, even my generation, you know, we, we didn't grow in high school. We weren't doing TikToks and like, you know, yeah. so I think it's something that people have to learn. It's the future of, if you look at business and society, obviously things have become more digital and video and whatnot, but I would say a couple of things. One, if there's a fear of getting on camera, um, the only way you're going to defeat or overcome that fear is by getting on camera. You know, it's like certain people, you know, they tend to want to run away from the fear when in reality you need to run towards the fear you need to lean in, lean into the fear. And so if it means like, man, I'm just nervous about getting on camera, well, just get record some videos and don't show them to anyone, you know, make, make a, here's the thing. you got to make a commitment. If it's something that you really want to get better at or learn or a skill you want to develop or a goal you want to accomplish, you got to say today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not when it feels good. You need to say right this second today, I'm going to commit to becoming a video content creator or a content creator, or I'm going to, I'm going to commit to my personal brand. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I am fuck. I'm scared shitless to get on video right now. All right. Well, then commit to once a day or once every two days that you're going to make a video and you're just going to show it to yourself. And it's going to be a five minute video. And you're going to do that for two, three weeks, four weeks, a month, two months, whatever you need to do. Guess what's going to start happening when you start creating more videos? You're going to get more comfortable. Right. You can say, man, I'm, I'm a lot better now than I was, you know, a month ago when I first started this. Then maybe you show them to some people. Then maybe you start posting them. Now, maybe that's a two-day process instead of a month, who knows? 
but that's how you're, you're going to have to lean into it a little bit. Uh, the second part of that is like, how do I create a lot of people come to me and say, Alex, I'd love to create video content, but it's so time consuming. I don't have time for it. The editing, I bottlenecks everywhere. And it's just easier to text post or do a, you know, shared an article or something like that. And when I look at them and say, do you realize that you could create video content and it could take zero time? And they're kind of like, well, how is that possible? Well, if you're doing document style videos, meaning there's two ways to create content, right? So one, you could actually create it from scratch. You could record something, you could write a script, you could write out a text post. The second kind is you document or you repurpose. So we could record this conversation, which we are, we're recording this conversation now, and we could easily chop this up into micro content. That's so a great idea. Do? Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. Which we are right. And so that's how you save time. Now we're not spending extra time creating content. This is already a moment in time. We're taking that moment and we're just repurposing it into a piece of content for, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're trying to attract your audience. So people have to, but it's a mindset shift because a lot of people aren't on podcasts or interviews. You know, some people just don't have a lot of that going on. And so if you don't, you got to get comfortable with maybe just you know, you're on a Zoom call with a colleague or a client and people are like, well, I can't record my clients on camera. And I'm like, well, that's fine. We can crop you out, you know, crop the client out. It's just what you say. But if you want to get consistent with it, you got to build up that content bank and you've got to record throughout the day, right? Or you're maybe you're just on a phone call, but you're sitting in front of your computer and you're like, hey, it's a good question. You know, I answer that question a lot. What's the number one mistake that people make when they're creating videos? Well, from my perspective, what I see is that they're not addressing this and this and this. And I've got the camera rolling, I'm on the phone, now it's a piece of content, right? Or I'm talking to an employee or a team member or a client and you're giving away some good advice, some good perspective that's relevant to your target audience and you take those clips and then boom. And you know, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, my target audience, you're probably not editing them yourself. You know, you're probably right. sending them off to editing, outsourcing, hiring somebody like us, somebody to do it for you. So you can just sit back and get the video back. But that's how you make the process easier. So I'd say the fear of failure, lean into it, practice by yourself or with someone you trust in the beginning to get some repetition in and you'll get better. And two, if you're struggling around, hey, I'm comfortable on camera, but maybe it's a process or a time thing, or I'm not sure what to post. Think about what your clients care about, what questions do they have and answer those questions. So if my clients are curious about LinkedIn, how does it work? Or how do you, you know, make money? How do you convert to clients on here? I could just take their top five to 10 questions answer those. And those are great pieces of content because they help my audience and they position me as the thought leader, as the expert. So who do you think they're going to come to when they now need that problem really solved? Me, right. right? Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so interesting too, to add one extra layer on top of that. I think everybody, no matter what you're doing, if you're a CEO of a big company or even if, for those people that are afraid of video, everybody has an expertise in something. You know something more than somebody else. So yeah. another way to get rid of that fear is talking about the things that you like to talk about. Say that you're sitting at a bar across from somebody saying, hey, Alex, if you ask me like, oh, what, what, are, what are the top five things that people at Vidyard are, are doing right now? I could say, oh, that's so we are the top five pain points. Okay, well, I had a customer conversation the other day, like what, whatever the case is, right. talk about either those customer pain points, answering the right. questions, yeah. or saying, hey, here's the top five things that I hear every single day. Well, I'm a video expert or Alex is a social media expert which is probably weird to say after your, your day, you know, a couple months ago, you probably were or a year ago, you probably weren't thinking that could ever happen. But, yeah. um, but, but back to the point of yeah, just talking about the things that you like to talk about or that, you know, and don't even think right. like, I forgot that we were recording this, to be honest with you, right, we're just exactly. having a conversation. Right. I mean, and I think that exactly. that's, 
over time, you don't think about it. My first podcast is definitely not as smooth as what these are now. Of course. That's the same thing. It's the repetition, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, using client success stories and the stories that you have throughout your life and your business, sharing stories on social media works really, really good, right? So everyone has stories. Everyone had a client experience in the last two months that they could share and that a, a potential new client would get value from, right? So he had a prospect who just, they couldn't figure out how to, end, how to use video on LinkedIn, or they were scared to post video content. They were hesitant to get on and re hit record. Here's what they did to overcome it. So now what it does is it helps that person consuming it. Oh, wow. It's a great, it's great advice, but it also positions you as someone that helps those people. And you've now shown basically through kind of a mini case study right. that you help people solve that problem. So it kind of hits two in one, but that, yeah, there's content everywhere, man. And, you know, content creation in general, I think is a somewhat newer, like with, in terms of social media in the grand scheme of life, it's, it's somewhat newer. Right. But right. You know, five years, 10 years from now, it's not an option. It's like when the internet came out at first, it was like, well, should we get on the internet? Is this thing a fad? What's, what's going on? And so many companies got put out of business because it didn't adjust. Right. And a, com a company like Walmart could have easily started Amazon, dude, easily. They, they had the distribution, they had the money, they had the logistics. They could have easily started Amazon. I mean, Jeff Bezos was driving around delivering books in his beat up car. Right. I mean, he would have been going against the Goliath of Walmart. They would have put him out of business. He never would have had a chance, but Walmart didn't think like that. And so uh, people that are innovative and creative find a way to the top because they think differently. Wow. I love that. And that's a huge lesson. Think differently. And don't think that, you know, it just be, you know, the, the Jeff Bezos example, he, he just went up into space a couple of weeks ago, right? Like right. I could have never thought that that person who just had that idea or everybody saw the picture of Bezos just sitting in that little beat up office that he was in the corner, <laughs> yeah. right? Like well, the, think of the, the, the risk advert. I mean, we'll go back to risk adverse. I mean, you know, think about how many people thought he was crazy when he started talking about, I'm going to create, my vision is to create something where anybody in America or in the world can order products and services from us. I mean, that would just seem ludicrous back then when he first started it, you know, to where he's at now. And so you have to also understand that when you're doing something new or something that hasn't been done or seen by a lot of the people that you're with, that people are going to challenge it. They're going to think, you know, why are you doing this? And that's kind of crazy. Or, Hey, this is different. Or maybe you get some stuff or why do you got a podcast too? That's weird. You know, like there's going to be people that just don't understand it, that disagree with it, that um, maybe they feel like you're doing, starting to do more than they are. So they want to kind of right. push you down a little bit, you know, you just got to, and that's part of the journey. You just got to say, I'm, I got my vision. I'm on my path and I put my blinders on and you can do, say and think what you want, but here I go. I'm, I'm hearing some parallels here, Alex, that um, you mentioned that everybody thought you were crazy when you started what you were doing. And then you also just mentioned that everybody thought Bezos was crazy. So I am so excited to hear and see all the incredible things that you do moving forward <laughs> as well, because I think that that like insanity, uh, they say like insanity is close to genius or something, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it you have that idea and you have that purpose and that passion. Um, and it's crazy what you could achieve. So, so that's a huge lesson for everybody as well. Now, if you were looking at, before we get into, I want to ask why it's important to have a video strategy and brand development back to your previous point. But before that, now that we're on kind of like the big picture of like, what does the, what does the big picture look like for Alex Sheridan? Like Bezos has Amazon. Like I know that you're relatively new to the marketing game a couple of years, right? Yeah. What is the big picture? Like ultimately, if you're forecasting 10 years down the road, so we're going to jump on another podcast. Cause I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing podcasts. Then you're going to be doing videos. What does the 10 year look like for Alex Sheridan? 
Yeah, it, it's hard to say 10 years because that's such a long time. And I think about my whole life change in less than two years, you know? So, but if I do think about, the, I do think about my vision and the future a lot. And I think it's a couple of things right now. One, there's, you know, if you look at, I've kind of two businesses, right? One is the, the LinkedIn content marketing, social selling, training, consulting, coaching, right? So I could work with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business owners, or companies. They'll bring me in to train their company on how to use LinkedIn and social media to win clients, build their brands. That's one avenue. And that's going to be around for a long time. <laughs> There's just so much opportunity that lemon isn't even close to being squeezed, you know? So that will be a massive, massive market for a long time. The other side. And so I see that growing. I see, I've got, you know, I've got my first paid speaking event coming up in uh, November. Oh, nice. uh, out, out, it should be out in Phoenix. Um, we're working on details, but that is exciting for me to do more public speaking engagements, work with bigger companies. Um, so I see that side of the brand, kind of uh, personal brand building that way in terms of offerings and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other side is the, the creative video editing agency. I mean, we are on a mission to, to become the, the best and most creative video editing agency in the entire world on planet earth. So with the things that we're doing with video right now, you don't see anyone else doing them. And um, it's at a good price point. We've got the right team, the right people in place, and we've just got a good vision. And so I'm really excited to see that's a, that's a seven to potentially eight, nine figure business. It's very scalable because it's not just me, the coaching, training, consulting, right? You can, you can't multiply, you can't multiply Alex, right? Yeah. I mean, there are things you can do to, to scale in terms of revenue, you know, prices, um, creating courses, programs, that kind of stuff. There are things you can do, but to a certain point, there's only one of me, right? So I could hire somebody to do the training. There's there's ways around it, right? Right. But with this business, it's set up to scale because it's it's me leading, but it's editors, project managers, and then clients, and then a client will come in and give us their raw footage. And long story short, and then our editing team will come in, grab it, edit it, and then they communicate in that portal. So I don't necessarily need to be in every, and I'm not in right. every action that happens. So we can hire more, onboard more clients, hire more, onboard more clients, and the process and systems are there. They're really, really solid. So it's a smooth, easy process and a great experience for the clients. Their videos look amazing. And so again, that's a monthly subscription service. So that's very, very scalable. And that's, that's where a lot of my attention, attention is on right now. But um, I see that as being you know 10 years. I mean, the next year, in the next 12 months, I see it being a seven-figure business. But I think that could be an eight or nine-figure business um, because we plan to, I mean, there's just no limits to what we can do and who we can service and bigger companies. And I mean, all types of stuff. Right. And then I think, you know, beyond that, if I look 10 years again, I see myself starting another business or two, maybe two or three or four, and maybe one is more of an angel investor where I'm kind of, I've got a quiet seat at the table where I'm not active, but I've invested in the right people, the right founders with the right product or service, right market fit. And I know I believe in them. And so maybe that's one opportunity. Maybe there's another company that I decide to start that I see an opportunity with. And so I would say 10 years out, I'm, I've probably got, you know, six, seven revenue stream, eight revenue, nine revenue streams, probably some, you know, real estate or something else that's not marketing and not, you know, there's probably some other things there. And I think the reason I say that is, is, you know, money's great, obviously, but I'm not just, not just in it for the money. Money to me allows you to um, create freedom. Absolutely. Money, money is freedom to me. And it's being able to take my kids to Disney World for a week 
and not be on LinkedIn and not worry about it, right? It's to go travel the world, you know, or go to Europe uh, with a girlfriend or something for a few days and, and it's easy, you know, it's no big deal. It's being able to live in a nice place and do fun things take care of my, you know, family members as they get older, you know, it's, it's, there's be able to give back to the community and help people that I really want to help. And so there's that. And then there's just the excitement of building businesses. I just, I love it, dude. It's, it's, it's very fun for me. I really enjoy it. And so I'm excited to take on more, uh, more opportunities, more responsibility and help build more business. Wow. That is so exciting. And hopefully I'll be able to get into some business with you at some point too, because it, the, the true passion that you see here is, is something that is in- incredible. Um, and you also mentioned too, money is a, or, or how I believe it as well as money is a byproduct of yeah. passion, of purpose, of doing whatever you can to serve your customers, your clients, whoever you're trying to serve to the maximum capability. And if you take care of that, the money is going to come. You don't have to worry about that. Right. So I, I truly believe that as well. And, and obviously, sorry to ask the 10 year mark, because I, I even hate that question. Um, I was just looking for more of like the long term vision. And I know it's really tough to kind of focus on. Um, but you it sounds like you obviously have a lot of strategy, right? It's a fluid strategy. But why back to the previous question I asked before? I mean, why is it important to have a brand development or a video strategy on social media? Well, from a brand standpoint, I can tell you this. I mean, me building the brand in the first business, right? Which was the LinkedIn content marketing, social selling, training, consulting, coaching. The fact that I had built up my brand and mostly on LinkedIn, right? And when I say brand, I mean, when people think of me or my business, they think of certain things. They understand what we stand for, what our values are, our tagline, you know. You're the creative video guy. That's what you are. (laughs) Unleash the creative. It's not just, you know, your logo and tagline. It's so much more than that. It's the experience that you give people. It's what you're known for. It's what, you know, when it's like, you know, if you think about Apple, they're think differently. And that doesn't, isn't just a tagline. It's literally they're, they're innovative. They're, they're industry leaders. Like they will do things that nobody else will do. They'll take chances. They'll think ahead to what the new technology is going to be. And suppose that every other company is just coming out with is now. Right. So the same thing you do when you build a brand is that um, that's really what it comes down to is there's, it's, it's how you position yourself in the marketplace, your competitive advantage, your values, all that type of stuff. But the fact that we, the fact that I built that brand for the last, you know, year and a half. Now, when I launched this other video editing agency, I had customers right away and I haven't even gone public with it really yet. Right. I will full like hundred percent next week, but without even going public, because people knew when I even just mentioned it in conversation, they said, I want to do that. What's it look like? What's this like? How do you, how do I get signed up? Because I had a brand the same way if Apple came out with a hotel tomorrow and they said, Hey, Tyler, Apple hotels popping up right down the street. You would probably, if you think about, it, if you close your eyes, you'd be like, all right, I kind of think I know what an Apple hotel would look like. It'd probably be like sleek and they would have the Apple logo and it would probably be, there'd be some tech, it'd be innovative, right? You to get into your hotel, it'd be an access code on your phone. You just go beep to the hotel, right? It wouldn't be a key card because they wouldn't, they wouldn't do, because they know that key cards aren't going to be around in 10 years. And so they're ahead of the time. Think differently. You see, like, it's all like, that's a brand, man. It's everything that you do filters through that brand filter. It's not just one thing. So we can picture. So when I said I was going to launch a creative video editing agency, people could close their eyes and say, I know what this is going to be like. This is going to be fun. It's going to be creative. This is going to be next level. My videos are going to look different than anyone else's in a good way. It's going to help me build my brand. Alex and his team are going to understand what it means to build a brand. And they just knew how it looked, feel, and what the experience they would get that's brand to me is that if you came out with something new 
uh, tomorrow, a new product or service, people would probably have a good idea on what it looks like, what it stands for, what the values would be. And uh, that's when you know you're truly building a real brand. Wow. I love that. That is so cool. And I, I wonder when Alex is going to be opening up his hotel line, because you know that that's going to be crazy too. <laughs> there is a Sheraton. There is a Sheraton. That's oh, different. It's little, different. Different spelling, different. but yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. So I, I won't draw that conclusion then. Um, <laughs> very good, Alex. As we're wrapping up here, a couple questions I like to ask uh, pretty frequently here. So obviously you mentioned you have the, the, the two um, children. What's your best piece of parenting advice? Be present and in the moment. It's, it's just, I mean, I just think there's nothing. I mean, when you look at kids, man, they just want to be loved. They just want to be, you know, and I'm a single dad. So I really have taken this to heart because I realized that they're with me half the time. They're with their mom half the time. So the best thing that I can do for them, man, is be there for them, be in the moment present as much as I possibly can. It's not perfect, obviously, but you know, I think there's to me, you know, there's a difference between being a parent and being physically there, but not necessarily really being there. Or like quantity versus quality, right? Yeah, or having a relationship with your kid. And I think the young, our younger generation understands this more than I think our parents did in their parents' generation. I think it was provide and you come home and that, you know, now we're starting to understand things like relationship building and empathy and how kids feel. And that was not really talked about 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right. So, but I think that's what it is. You know, kids want to feel loved. They want to feel supported. They want to feel heard. They want to feel like you matter to them. Um, so I think about my kids and I'm like, I'm really proud of them. You know, they're, I even just think about them. I get emotional, you know, but you know, I've, I've tried really my best to raise them to be kind, caring, um, have confidence, um, you know, express themselves, be, be confident, being themselves and have good self-esteem. Right. And I think you do that by lifting them up by certainly you got to challenge them at certain times. Right. Oh yeah. They got laid on the law sometimes, but I think you do that by you know, setting a good example yourself and being kind to others so they can see that and, you know, asking, um, asking them questions about their day and diving into what they care about and what they like. And, you know, I try to be silly with them. We'll sit in here, we'll do dances and make up stuff because I want them to think that's okay. It's okay to be yourself. You know, right. I always tell my daughter, Nadia, I'm like, where did I, I quiz her all the time? I'm like, where does happiness come from? And she's like, within it's like, she Love knows it. that she's seven. Right. But I make sure that I ingrain certain things because I think about, you know, at some point she's going to run into somebody and probably already has that they're going to say something rude or, you know, make fun of her or something or something's not going to go her way. And I want her to understand that if you're good here and you're good here, nobody can mess with you, you know? And so it doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days and doesn't mean people won't hurt your feelings, but you'll know how to internalize that. And you'll know how to have the right mindset to just reflect it to a certain extent and keep moving forward. And so for me, it's really important, man, that they are confident, kind, compassion, compassionate, and that they, you know, they unleash their creative too. I, again, I think about the brand. I think it's not just a business thing. It's a, it's a life thing for me. Like, I mean, dude, I wear it on my wrist. I wear, I mean, it's in everything. I teach it to my kids. It's on my backpack. Like it's freaking, I just, I really believe unleash the creative, you know, unleash your potential, your creativity. You've got gifts, you've got talents that the world is waiting for you to showcase. And most people hide, they, they keep them inside them sometimes their whole life right. and they die with maybe they use 20% of their potential. So I want to teach my kids to go out there and use those gifts, use those talents, but you know, along the way, have fun and, and treat people the right way and be compassionate. And so, um, 
that's a lot of advice probably, but that's, oh, that's- that is incredible. <laughs> Even, whether you're a parent or not. And I, we have a one and a half year old son and we have another one on the yeah. way. Um, but I know, so number Congrats, one man. is, thank you so much. It, it's the biggest blessing is, you know, um, yeah. but, so the number one thing when, when my son gets home from his, uh, his grandparents today is I am going to spend as much time, quality time you as I phone, can with him. Put, and just put the phone sometimes in the other room and just say, I'm going, it's really, honestly, it's really hard, especially for me, two, three hours without my phone is like a long time. Maybe it's not that way for some people. My business is very digital and online. And it's probably the same for you. And we're just connected to our phones. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like, dude, just put the freaking phone. Everything can wait. You'll have things to come back to. It'll be there. Don't worry. Two hours, you know, from four to seven, three hours from four to seven or five days, whatever it is, until they go to bed. And then you can pick it back up again if you want to. But you just being really in the moment, man, they, they they have a good intuition. They know when you're there and when you're not there. Wow. I love that. So everybody be present, whether you're a parent or not, it's so important to be present with whoever you're with, whether it's your girlfriend, your spouse, your grandparent, whoever, whoever you're talking to, this is, this is not just for parents, right? This is for everybody. Everybody needs to be more present and focused on what they're doing. So thank you so much for that, Alex. Um, and, And obviously getting a little emotional, it's clear how much you love your kids, but that also to me, if your kids are your why, and you're that emotional to it, you're not going to fail because there's no choice, right? So, but I, I will say this though, they're not, they're a part of my why, but they're not my whole why, right? So I, I, I personally think it's important that people have, um, I mean, I, I should just say this for myself because I don't know if it's important that everyone is entitled to their, their own whys, right. but I think for me personally, I think about I'm myself, I'm an individual, and then I also am a father. I also, I also am a son. I'm a business owner, right? I'm a creative so I'm not, my why and, I, and purpose isn't tied up into one single thing being my kids. They're definitely important. And I think about them a lot and I want to provide a great life for them. And, mm-hmm. but, um, but a lot of that is just how I raise them, you know? Right. And so um, I think that they're a part of that why, but there's also my why, which is, you know, we won't get into that, that now, but there's things that I want to accomplish for certain reasons in life. And if I did never had kids, I would still be very driven and, and have this purpose, you know? Right. So I think, and especially I see it with like parents that, stay at home and then their kids grow up and then they kind of go through this whole, like, well, what do I do now? Cause I was, I was the mom or the dad and that was my identity. And then the kids kind of do their own Then You still have a relationship with them, but they kind of they start their own lives, right? right? They're busy now. And so it's like, what do you do? Cause now you were this, your whole identity was wrapped up in being the caregiver or the mom or the dad or this or that. And I think it's, just, it goes the opposite way too, where if, if you're so only you're the business owner and that's all your life is, you're in a vulnerable spot there because then if something happens to the business or something changes or whatever, now your whole identity is wrapped up in one thing. So I, I personally believe that, yes, the, the kids are a part of my why, but there's other things that are uh, very equally as driven too. Wow. Love that. Thank you so much, man. As we're, we're wrapping up here, if you were teaching a college 101 class based upon all of your life experience, whether it's you know the, the media side of things or being in sales earlier or, or being a parent, what would you teach and why? It's a great question. I think that, you know, we don't do a great job in school systems, encouraging people to test and try different things and give people kind of room to fail and, and give them an opportunity to unleash their creative. I wish that Love I it. would have just, yeah, I, I wish that I would just, if I look back to where I was in college or high school, I just, it's okay to take you know, to, to go through a trial and error process and to really figure out what do I love? Like, I always talk about, yeah, I'm gonna get a good corporate job, but why? Like for what and do what, you know, like just work up a business. I mean, and yeah, that's fine. But 
you know, I just would have explored the gifts that I had and what are my talents and how, there's ways you can use your gifts and talents. Sometimes we don't understand what that is. I think it would just be really, really spend while you're young, especially, and you have no responsibilities at all. Like that's time to go for things and travel and fucking take risks and take chances and like be thoughtful with it. Be, you know, be mindful don't of be like, dumb, oh, right? yeah, don't be stupid. Don't waste three years, but use three years. If you're 21, 22, you know, you could be 25 and you got your entire life ahead of you, but you've spent two or three years really learning who you are as a person and what you care about and what, what you want to wake up every single day and do. That's putting a smile on your face and you'll find ways to make money if you're really good at it and you enjoy it, you know? And so I think for me, it's like slowing down. We're so, we just train our kids in society, like go to school. It's this subject, get out, get a good job, do your 401k, retire, and then you can go live the life that you want to live. And my thought process is why not try to live the life that you want to live now? Or maybe it's, you know, a couple, two, three years, you know, and then you're in a good spot, but why not try to do that in your twenties, thirties, forties? Why have to wait till you're 60, 65 now? That time's, that time's not guaranteed either. It's you're going to work your whole life for that's, what? Exactly. That's the other thing. So it's like, you may not live to be 28. So, I mean, hopefully everyone does, but right. that's just the reality of you may not be 65 one day. So if you're living to just get to this one point, it's why I'm a big fan of you just got to enjoy, you know, your work and the process and the journey too, is because, you know, what are you doing? If you're not enjoying the, every step along the way, it doesn't mean there's gonna be hard days and challenges, obviously, but if you're not enjoying the climb, I just think you're missing a big opportunity. So, so that's what I, I would tell that class is just to really put time and energy and effort into it. Like, I, I just don't think we spend enough time there, like really fo- almost treat it like you got a semester and the semester is getting to know myself and what I want out of life. Wow. I love that course. When's that course? This course got to yeah, be coming out soon. I because I think it's study everybody- abroad. It's study abroad. If you want to go another semester, you can. And again, work, do what, you know, do, don't just be lazy. Like don't jack off or for, you know, don't jack off from friggin' a year, like go out and get jobs and work in certain industries and maybe try the entrepreneurial thing. Don't, you know, work for somebody like, like try different things and figure out what hits for you as you're exploring life and your identity and that kind of stuff. Wow. Talk about that time invested, how, how much your returns could be there. Come bring in the conversation circle, right? Yeah. Life-changing man. Of course. Yeah. Wow. I love that, Alex. Where could people learn? And this has been an absolute pleasure, man. I'm so glad that we connected. I don't know if it was Adam Posner's video that you did, which you have to go check out with Gary V or, or whatever the case is, uh, where could people learn more about you and what you have going on? Uh, LinkedIn is a great place. Um, uh, you can find me Alex B. Sheridan on LinkedIn. I'm I'm usually posting every day, Monday through Friday. Um, dropping helpful content on how to create better content at when do clients build your brand and um, and then email a shared and impacts.com or impacts.com. That is so great, Alex. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for listening into today's episode. I've been really getting some great feedback from listeners and many have left a rating and review on Apple podcast as well. If you enjoy the show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review as well. It truly goes a very long way in spreading the word for our guest and also allows me to continue to bring on more incredible guests and onto the show. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Episode, 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 thank you so much, everyone.